Alright everybody, welcome to Wednesday night service. How are we doing tonight? Praise the Lord. We are going to have an awesome time together. Who had a good time on Sunday for our Easter celebration? Amen. It was the biggest and best service we've ever had. 13 people gave their lives to Jesus on Sunday, so let's celebrate that. Amen. It was a fantastic time and the best is yet to come. All right. Let's go ahead and stand up together. We're going to open up by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America because we do believe that America's coming to Jesus. Amen. Let's say this together. Father, we come to you in Jesus name and in unity. We confess 
that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's give Jesus some praise tonight, and you may be seated. All right, well, let's go through our announcements here. Uh, so to, this is uh, the third Wednesday of the month, so we will be doing communion together tonight right after praise and worship. So we just want to let you uh, be reminded of that. And if you're watching from home, you could take communion with us. You can get some communion elements there and do that. And we'd love to have you take communion with us. All right, let's go ahead and talk about a few announcements. First of all, tomorrow night at 6.30 is Servant Leadership. And this has been a really big deal. Uh, it's really helped us to be able to pull off a lot of the successes we've had so far this year, getting teams built up and getting things knocked off of our to-do list. And it's incredible how productive 2022 has been so far. So, again, if you're interested in, in just getting in on a deeper level and, and being more involved, Come out tomorrow night at 6.30 in Victory Hall, and you won't regret it. It has been a really, really big part of the year so far. All right. And then, of course, the next thing I'm going to talk about is our Marriage Refresh Weekend that's coming up just a couple weeks away. And this is really big because you know that we started off the year being very targeted with what our focus is, and that is on families. And so far, I'm really, I'm just thinking back the other day about the year so far, and we've really been uh, doing a good job, I feel, of zeroing in on that. We've done the parenting class, we've done family nights, now we're focusing on some marriages with this weekend, and it's just going to continue because HDWC is what? We're a family church equipping God's people for victorious Christian living. And so the Marriage Refresh Weekend is going to be Friday and Saturday, April 29th and 30th. $50 a couple, that includes the catered meals, and child care, somebody say amen, parents, child care, yeah, that's a pretty good deal right there, I'm going to be honest, because child care is expensive, and so you can register online, hdwc.org slash married, and the sooner you register, the better, that way we can really talk to the catering people and make sure we give them an accurate count of who's going to be there, so if you haven't registered, Please do that very quickly. And I might add, you need to take advantage of these opportunities that uh, the Lord's providing to you. Uh, we we want to make your family and your marriage and your parenting as successful as possible. And so you're being presented with golden opportunities to do that. Take advantage of these gifts, all right? Uh, the next thing is the National Day of Prayer is going to be on Thursday, May 5th. I think the other day I said it was a Tuesday. It's not. It's a Thursday. So Thursday, Cinco de Mayo at 6 p.m. I, I don't even know how to say but 6 p.m. Uh, and then the screen says 7. This is a mess. Oh, my gosh. So it's going to be... It's going to be at 6 o'clock on Cinco de Mayo and right here, and we're going to spend a night of some prayer and probably do a little worship and uh, just really come to the Lord uh, in unity that night. So that'll be a good time. And then also, 
After that is Mother's Day coming up. Uh, the mother-daughter banquet is May 7th. Uh, that's a Saturday at 11 a.m., and it's, the theme is Singing in the Rain. It's going to be an awesome time for the moms and daughters and grandmas and granddaughters. You know, it's just going to be a good opportunity. And uh, the tickets are $12 for adults, $10 for kids 10 and under. There's going to be, of course, a dinner, uh, a lunch, and gift drawings and a costume contest and all this stuff. So go ahead and register. Uh, the QR code's back there on the info booth. But get registered and signed up so you don't miss out on that. Amen. All right, well, who knows what time it is now? Yes, sir, it's happy time. I'm going to have my dear mother, Mrs. Pastor, come on up tonight and do our Wednesday evening tithes and offerings. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Ah, i got two verses tonight. Well, first one is, I'm in the King James. First Samuel 2.8, if you need an envelope for your giving, raise your hand. 1 Samuel 2.8 says this, He raises up the poor out of the dust and lifts up the beggar from the dunghill. Does anybody know what a dunghill is? All you, all you country folk. Yeah, it's a pile of manure. Okay, so he lifts the beggar up from the manure pile to set them among princes and to make them inherit the throne of glory. So that's good news. And then in 3 John 2, which goes along with this, but this doesn't even sound like it does. 3 John 2 says this. Da-da-da-da. Beloved, I wish or pray above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So it is not God's will for us to live in poverty. If you're living in poverty now, take heart. If you do your money God's way, then you're going to end up being a prosperous believer. Amen. <clears throat> you got to do it God's way, though. God's way is not the world's way. So anyway, okay, so let's say our financial faith confession, and then we'll turn this over to the praise team. And Hallelujah. On we go. Are you ready? Let's stand up. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay. Join us up here at the altar, and let's worship the Lord together. Let's give him praise. He's resurrected us. Amen. Faith awakened, you breathe into me. Bones were shaken, the blood you shed was mercy saving a dying world. Separated, you found us running, broken hearted, but now we are your sons and daughters forever 
Let's raise our hands tonight and give him some worship. Lord, we love you, and we do know that there is nobody like you. There's no one even close to being like you, Lord. You have done more for us, and you love us more than we could ever even comprehend. And Jesus, we're here to give you some praise and to give you some worship tonight, Lord. We love you, and we ask you to have your way here tonight. Speak to us, Lord, and change us to be more and more like you. We want to be more like you, Jesus. We want to say less of us and more of you in our lives, Father. We love you, and we open our hearts to you tonight to do whatever you need to do. We thank you for it, Jesus. 
Hallelujah. Well, tonight, uh, as I said, is going to be a communion night. It's kind of a new thing we're doing in 2022 uh, because there's some people that can't be here on Sunday morning. So we're dividing communion times even into Wednesday night services. So we are going to take communion tonight and uh, praise God. So I'm going to ask that you just go ahead and uh, uh, get into a line here and get the elements. You can return to your seats and then we'll uh, take communion together. Amen. So let's go ahead and do this. So we're going to take the elements here in just a minute. Um, I know that we like to take more time uh, to do this usually on a Sunday morning. On Wednesday nights, we're a little bit uh, more pressed for time. So, uh, But I want to read a few verses here out of 1 Corinthians 11, starting at verse 26 in the NLT. And as you know, we've been studying uh, 1 Corinthians uh, verse by verse for over a month now. We covered this chapter a couple weeks ago. But verse 26 says, For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. And we believe that Jesus is coming again really, really soon. But what we're doing tonight is we're announcing, we are remembering, and what a perfect time to remember. I mean, Sunday was Easter Sunday, talking about the resurrection of Jesus. But verse 27 says, So anyone who eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily, is guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. That is why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. And so we do not want to disrespect the body and blood of Jesus. We don't want to do this in an unworthy manner. And so it's very important that we take just a minute here to examine ourselves and say, Lord, if there's something that you need to repent of, then hey, you know what that is. You're not going to have to search very hard. But if you just need to say, Lord, I ask you to search me and examine me, I want to be all that I can be for you. And just like David did in Psalm 139. But let's take a minute here to examine our hearts, judge ourselves. And if we need to repent and make some changes, hey, let's do that right now before we take this communion. Amen.
And so he says here, the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 11, in verse 23, he says, For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this to remember me. And so we take this tonight, and we know that it was by Jesus' stripes and wounds we were healed. He was beaten and bruised so we could have peace. We take this and remember you, Jesus. And in the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. And so, Jesus, we do this tonight to remember that it was your blood that made and paid for a new covenant between God and his people. We thank you for it, Jesus. Our sins are forgiven, and we're going to heaven because of your blood. Thank you, Lord. and we praise you tonight and we will never forget what you've done for us and we know that you are coming again soon, Lord, and we're ready. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can we give the Lord some praise together tonight? Amen. All right. Thank you, Jesus. Awesome time of communion, even if it was brief. Praise the Lord. Well, uh, you know that I've been doing my series on 1 Corinthians over the last few weeks, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause that tonight and finish it up next week. And so I wanted my dad to speak to us tonight, and he's going to be preaching on healing. And I'm super excited about it because that's one of our pillars at this church. We know that Jesus is our healer. And so I'm going to have Pastor get into some time of healing tonight. Amen. Here we go. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, you know, it's one thing to know that he's our healer. It's another thing to to receive it. Amen. You know, the, uh, there, there, there's a whole lot of the world that acknowledges that Jesus was a real person. There's another thing to acknowledge him as your Lord and Savior. Amen. And, you know, I, I think about divine healing. going to be talking about tonight uh, God's word is God's medicine. But uh, I, I've been teaching this for over 40 years been walking in it for a lot of years. I taught healing school back in Indiana for a lot of years on a Wednesday morning, and we had denominational people came from towns all around, and we really had good crowds on Wednesday morning teaching people about healing from other churches because, you know, we don't have copyright on this just for us. We want the whole world to do it. But anyway, in, in divine, my divine healing school, I always told the people there's two purposes for the school. Now listen to this, because it's for our church too. Number one, for people to come in to learn how to receive healing for themselves if they need healing. You know, if you're sick, your kids are sick, or somebody's sick, you need to know how to receive it because it's freely given. And, you know, just like salvation freely given, when he saved you, he healed you. But you have to know how to receive salvation to be born again. Somebody has to tell you what to do to get saved, and then you get saved. Well, at the same time, a lot of Christians go around begging God to do something he's already done. Amen. And what, well, you stop to think about it. A lot of people, and you probably know people now, that aren't born again yet, they're begging God. They're begging God to come into their life. They're begging him, oh, help me, help me, help me. 
What would they learn? That all you have to do is call upon the name of the Lord to be saved. The begging's over with. You receive it. It's free. Well, do you know that healing's just that easy? Amen. That's why we teach healing all the time, because people don't know that. You know, between carnal thinking, between your mind trying to figure things out, and the devil and religious people lying to you, you think, well, maybe God doesn't want to heal you. And, you know, I don't know about here in California so much, but Indiana, there was a religious lie, because we had a lot of religious people out there, that you're a special case. I cannot tell you how many people that I missed through over the years that were really good people, but somebody told them there's a special case to bear this for God's glory so they love what to get saved, to see how good they could suffer. And boy, you know, they had, people end up dying and saying, well, I'll tell you what, man, they, they were the fighter. They fought that thing all the way to the end. They, 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 they died. They died loving Jesus. He wants us to live long, not die young. God doesn't get glory when a person dies young and leaves a grieving young family behind them and they're out of here. God gets glory. And this is all through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Every time that Jesus healed somebody, it says God got glory. Amen. God didn't get the glory if somebody didn't get it. But the thing is, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you can't find one case of anybody that came to Jesus for healing that didn't get it. He never told one person, for the glory of God, I refuse to heal you. He never said that. He just said, well, according to your faith, be it done unto you. What do you want? Blind man said, I want to see Jesus. He said, okay, you got it. Crippled man said, I want to walk. He said, according to your faith, be it done unto you. Rise up and walk. And that's, that's the way this works. But then that's the number one, one purpose of healing school was to teach people how to receive. And then number two, really just important, is to teach the ones sitting in healing school how to take it to somebody else and get them healed. Amen. You know, if you've been around Holy Ghost churches, full gospel churches very long, then you're all familiar with Mark 16, lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. But how many, how many Christians in the Holy Ghost churches really believe that enough to go do it? You know, one of my favorite things to do is to pray for people that don't know Jesus for healing. Because he loves to show up and demonstrate to them how good he is. You know, I, I just think about all the cases over the last bunches of years where we've got to pray for strangers or even people that, that, that knew us, but they wasn't church people, that has some kind of sickness, whether it's a minor thing or a major thing, and be able to pray in faith in the name of Jesus and then tell them what just happened, even if we didn't feel anything, but we know the Word of God. And then for them to tell them, go back to the doctor again and find out what the doctor says. Amen. And so... It, it, in cases like that, you can get people healed really easy, but you've got to teach them how to keep it or they'll lose it. How many know that Satan's a thief? He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so it's just as important when you take healing to somebody is to get them into church, get good faith books in their hand, and then show them how to keep what they've got. Now, I want to show you a couple books out of our bookstore. We're in the process of getting uh, reconnected with our distributors or wholesalers on books. But anyway, here's one right here. I'll show you this one first. And uh, this will take somebody like Susan or somebody to tell you what it says. But it's God's Medicine in Spanish. I couldn't find it by God's Medicine. We're sold out. But I got one in Spanish. So if you speak Spanish, or know somebody speaks Spanish, this is a really good healing book in Spanish. And we're working to get more in there. And then here's another one that's a really good book, not just for healing, 
for lots of other areas of life, what to do when faith seems weak and victory lost. And that book over the years, many, many times, that book has helped me keep on fighting and not quitting in battles of life, whether it's family things, money things, job things, or whatever's going on. God never fails. We fail if we fail God. Amen. And so I, I like to say it this way. The word always works when you work the word. The word always works when you work the word. So we got those books at the bookstore and lot, lots of other good books on healing and things, but books like that is what helped me to learn and to grow. And so really, you need to check things out like that. I know a lot of online stuff you can do today and things like that, but to me, there's nothing like sitting down with a book in your hand, reading the book. I put yellow through mine, I put notes in mine, I put red, I put red circles around things to jump off, and then over the years, when I go through something like that, I think, oh, wait a minute. I've got a book like that, and I'll go back and think, I remember I marked it that. I'll find that page again, and the same thing that helped me 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 5 years ago, last year, I find those places again, I look at them again, I look at the verse again, and they help me to come through it. And so I really encourage you to buy those books. But God's Word is God's medicine is the title of our message tonight. Look at Proverbs chapter 4. Amen. Amen. Proverbs chapter 4. Got one of my favorite cheerleaders sitting in the second row. His name be Dylan Johnson. <laughs> and, you, you know, I, I can't help but tell you this again. How many know that John chapter 1 says Jesus is the Word? He's the Word of God. And I said under Brother Hagin for a lot of years, he, one of the books we got back there, but Brother Hagin used to always say this, your level of excitement for the Word of God shows your level of excitement for Jesus. Because we're excited about Jesus, we're excited about his word. And so that's why, you know, a lot of times I tell the people, hey, when we tell you to turn to a verse, man, get excited about it because God's getting ready to talk to you. Amen. So Proverbs chapter 4, we're going to look at verse 20 through 23, and then I'm going to break it apart and show you what this has to do with your healing. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. My son or my daughter, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. And as I was looking at this a while ago, I got to thinking, uh, I had to go to LabCorp the other day to get a blood draw for my annual thing for my family doctor, check my blood out. And they had a screen on the wall there. The whole time I was sitting there, man, showed all these sicknesses and diseases and symptoms like that. And I thought, man, I don't want to attend to that. I want to attend to the Word of God. But I was thinking, as was worshiping God, I was thinking that what would happen if doctors that were Christian doctors that knew about Jesus the healer on that wall there, they had simple healing verses going across that screen. Or they had somebody like myself or one of you standing up there said, you know what? I was sick and now I'm well. That's because Jesus did that. What happened to sick people sitting inside of a place like that and doctors were brave enough to do that? Amen. I think it changed some things. And so... Proverbs chapter 4, 20 through 23, verse 21, it says, Let them, my words, not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. How many know the difference between your heart and your head? You've got to get the word out of your head to your heart, but first got to get to your head, so you ought to be looking at it and listening to it. It says, For they, my words, are life unto those that find them unto those that find them. 
and to those that find him. You've got to be looking for something if you're going to find it. Of course, sometimes you stumble across some things, but it really is nice to be looking for answers in the Word of God and find your answers. And then look at this right here. It says, For their life those that find them, and health to all their flesh. In the Hebrew, that word health there says medicine. And so when you get a hold of the Word of God, it says that it's healing and medicine to all your flesh. That means your body. That doesn't just mean your skin. To your whole body, when you get a hold of the Word of God, we're going to show you how tonight. Get a hold of the Word of God, it's healing to your eyes. It's healing to your skin. It's healing to your stomach. It's healing to your womb. It's healing to your brain. It's healing to your blood. Anything that has to do with your physical body, God said right here that his word is healing and medicine to your whole body if you find it. And you know, we're, we're a teaching church. And you know, I, I like what a, I can't remember who the guy was. Years ago, a guy came here for a while. And one day I was shaking his hand, was doing meet and greet. And he said, Pastor Samples, you know what I like about this church that's different where I've ever went? He said, you take responsibility off of God, you put it on us. Because God always tells what he'll do if you do your part. And so he just told you right here, he said, my word's medicine to all your flesh. If you find it. If you keep it in the midst of your heart. If you pay attention to it. And you know, over the years, there's something that I've noticed so many times. I talk to people, even people come to our church. My church back in Indiana. We talk, they're going through something, and I do my best to teach like this, give them scriptures, give them to get books to buy. And back then we did tapes every service so the people get the tapes. And then we talked about what was going on. They could tell me 15 different drugs they were on, what the side effects were of those drugs, what their chances were, their percentages of what might happen, but not give me one healing verse. And, you know, I've, I've issued a challenge many times in this church when we teach it on healing, we teach a series on healing, to get people, I'll give them verses, like, like we're doing tonight. May end up doing that for the night service. But anyway, give them verses, say, now we come back next week, I'm going to give a test, so I come back, just hold up your hand, you quote that verse after a week. And come back, and my wife maybe, and, or one of the staff members, or somebody else, and maybe one other person, and then I have 50 people sitting there for the whole week. But then if I said, well, I'll tell you what, somebody tell me the side effects of, and that's spell out some big medical name. What's the side effects of that? Oh, <laughs> I said, well, what other kind of drugs work with that? This, 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 this. I thought, wow, you're paying attention to the wrong things. The doctors give you the medicine. And I was thinking today when I was putting this together, back when I went through chemotherapy four years ago, I cannot tell you what one of those drugs was. I stayed focused on the Word of God. I watched the Word of God. And then sometimes when I have to go to doctors to check things out, they'll say, what, what? I say, man, I have no idea. You're going to have to talk to that doctor and find out what, I don't know what it was. All I knew was Matthew 8, 17, 1 Peter 2, 24, Mark 16, verse 17, 18, Isaiah 53, verse 45, Exodus 15, 26. <laughs> you know, I knew what the medicine I was taking. I knew what medicine counted, and that medicine got me through that stuff quicker than it should have and better than they ever thought. Amen. You know why? Because years ago I learned that God's word is God's medicine. But you know, when you think about medicine, when the doctor gives you a prescription, you go get it if you don't take it, or take it how they said to take it, it does you no good. 
You know, the Bible does you no good unless you read it. <coughs> Excuse me. And so look at this again now, verse 20. It says, attend to my word. That means pay attention. And you know, in the modern times, I mean, I know we got a good serious crowd on Wednesday night. That means don't be checking your emails. And really, it's a good idea to put your phone on silent. Unless you got some kind of family emergency, you got to stay on alert. That's a different thing. But you know, you got to be so cautious. It's so easy sitting at a service to feel that. And right then, the answer that you needed was coming across right then because you wasn't paying attention. Amen. And so that, that's what I, that's what I say. You got to take this medicine according to directions. So if we're talking about God's medicine, the number one thing is He said, "Pay attention." Amen. And then also another thing, another thing about that word attend there, attention attend is this. Uh, there may be a major, a major uh, business deal in your life or something you've got to go to. And if you don't attend to the appointment and be there, you're not in attendance. So if you're not in attendance, you missed out the help you could have got. And so, you know, a lot of times at a church like this, to me, to me, the media services really the ones got the most meat in them Sunday night and Wednesday night. And a lot of people don't even realize that. Sunday morning's really great. I mean we love Sunday mornings, but I'll tell you what, a lot of the answers people need happens on Wednesday night. But guess what? They didn't attend. Why didn't they attend? Well, it might have been some kind of a ball game. Or who knows what it was. I know I was talking to, I was talking to a preacher the other day and talking about how uh, because of sandstorms, people wouldn't come to church. And I said, I wonder if they had a soccer game going if they'd be out in the sandstorm. Well, here's why I can say that. We didn't have soccer back in Indiana, but we had a lot, a lot of football and things like that. It'd be the fall time, and on a Wednesday night, it'd be a little cold, a little nippy, maybe have a little moisture in the air, and a lot of people wouldn't come. And then you talk about, oh, Pastor, we didn't want to bring the kids out. Well, the next night, we're driving right past a little football field, and it's raining cats and dogs, and they're out there playing football. I thought, oh, you know, it's too bad to go to church, but you'll take the kids out and get them in the rain at the football field, and that's different. <laughs> hey, man, well, see, we're talking about, like that man said, I put the responsibility on you. God's the one that told you, here's the medicine, attend. Amen. Pay attention to it. This says, incline thine ear unto my sayings, the word of God. And so you've always got to have an open heart. And you know, I think about, we're talking about here, about the heart. The next verse, we're talking about the heart, the mind. There's a lot of people, I wasn't one of them because I was, I was raised in Centerville. I wasn't, I wasn't raised in any Baptist church or Catholic church or Holy Ghost church or any kind of church. I was raised across the Lane's Tavern. That's where Dad and Mom went to their church at. And they had, they had, they had, they had, they had their minister called the bartender. They had a big sign on the window that said, we serve spirits. And said, and said, we'll take your offerings and nobody complain about how much money you give us. And so then, so then when everybody was drunk and passed out, the, the uh, owner of the tavern's daughter was a friend of mine, and they was all passed out. We'd go over there and climb up and down the beer cases, you know, play all around the tavern. And that's where I was raised at. No religious upbringing at all. And so when I got born again at 28 and a half years old, I didn't know anything about Jesus, the Savior, the healer, the tithe collector, anything like that. 
had, when I started going to a, to a spirit-filled church, they talked about Jesus the healer. I had nothing in my head at all that said, no, he won't heal everybody because nobody ever told me anything. But then over the years, I'd run across people from denominational churches where they all say the same thing. Oh, we believe in healing, but it's not for us. We, I, I can never get it. Oh, we believe in healing, all right. Oh, God is able. I thought, wow, well, that's good. No, he's able, but is he willing to heal you? Well, I don't know if he is. I, 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 I have been that good of a Christian. There's no strings attached to the Bible about how good a Christian it is to get anything from God. It's been somebody that wants to live for him and just believe what he says. And so that's what I'm saying. Over the years, I saw people that then when they get in a church like this and teach it because of past teaching in their head, they didn't listen with their heart. And so I'd be teaching and saying things like this. It's the will of God to heal everybody. And immediately you could tell people put the brakes on and they tune you out. And then they stop to think about somebody they see sitting in the church like an old Bernie Samples they used to know before he got saved. And they'd look at old Bernie Samples sitting over there. <laughs> it's not God's will to heal him. I know what a rascal he was. I know what a guy. He'd never healed him. I'm not coming back to this church again. If they let him come here, I'm not coming in. Well, guess what? Your heart's not right. Your ears are shut off. And your ears are not inclining to the Word of God. And so we've got to make sure we don't let mental blockages stop the Word of God coming in because when we're teaching the Word of God, it is the Word of God to heal everybody. Does everybody get healing? No, because there are different reasons people fail to receive, but it's not on God's end. It's on the people's end. Now, how many know and believe in the Word of God is God's will for the whole world to be saved? Jesus died for the sins of the whole world. But then at the same time, the majority of people that we know in life are not saved. But it's not God's fault. You know, especially in America, a lot of those people you know have heard the gospel. They've heard it. You've shared it. Other people have shared it. They've stumbled across Christian television, all kinds of things. But they've, they've said things like this. I'm not ready yet. I'm just, I'm just not ready yet. Well, then sometimes they get knocked out and off the earth before they were ready. And they didn't go to heaven. But it was God's will for them to be saved. That's the same way with healing. God's will is for Christians to be healed. And don't ever base, don't ever base what you know about healing off somebody else's experiences. Amen. Amen. And so it says, incline thine ear to my sayings. And then he says, let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. And so it says that when you are serious about the Word of God, and you know, I just, I just want to say this. If I, if I, th- th- this just, is this just an example. If I were going through a health crisis, the last thing I would want to do is get another notch in my spiritual gun belt I read the Bible through this year. Man, I'll tell you what, you start in Genesis and try to work your way to Revelation, and you got a serious illness and you get stuck on the begats, Then you're going to be uh, be gone. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I'm serious. It's a good goal. It's a good goal to read the Bible. But if you're going through a marriage crisis, you better be reading about husband-wife relationships. It's going to be a lonely reading time if you don't. <laughs> Amen. If you if you if you're raising teenagers in this modern-day world, you better be learning something from the Bible about how a dad or a mom is supposed to treat their kids.
and what they're supposed to do. Well, same thing with healing. You know, you need to major on what it is you're going through. It's really wonderful to read lots of Bible passages, but man, if you've got a bad, serious diagnosis, you better be taking some medicine. Doing better preaching than you are shouting. Amen, amen. And so it says, keep this word in front of your your eyes because they're life. They're healing and medicine. And then verse 23, verse 23 says, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it your heart are the issues of life. Another translation says, out of your spirit flow the forces of life. Out of your spirit are the wellsprings of life. And so what's that, what that's saying is this, is that God's anointing and God's power flows out of your spirit, flows out of your spirit to produce healing in your body. We all know we're spirit being, we have a soul, and we live in a physical body, right? Well, healing is not a mental thing. And really, healing is not a physical thing. Healing comes from the spiritual realm where Jesus lives, and he's a spirit now. It comes from the realm where the Holy Spirit is. It comes from the realm where God is. It comes from the spiritual arena, and, and for us spiritually, the Holy Spirit is in our heart. And so when we guard our heart, we protect our heart, then that allows the anointing to increase, to come out of us. And so God's word is God's medicine, and we take it spiritually by studying our Bible. By attending a church where healing is taught regularly. Where it's taught regularly. And in your prayer closet, and your personal devotions, meditating on healing verses, healing passages, and going over your notes from a service like this. And now that it's on YouTube and, and Facebook and everything, and what's that other thing called? Sermon Net? I, I don't ever listen to that, but anyway, that's, that's where it's at. But anyway, it's all there if you just want to, want to do that. But the thing is, going back and listening to it again and again, because how many times a day out there in the world you live in is that negativity go all around you and it tries to get into your spirit? And if you don't guard your heart, you don't guard your heart, you get a diagnosis. Within a week's time, you'll have a half a dozen people sent by the devil tell you, well, you know what? My brother had that, and he lasted about two weeks after they told him. You know what? My grandma had that. She's the most religious person there ever was. I know you go to church and everything, but my grandma's really religious. My grandma was really religious. 56 years old, she had the same thing, and she'd gone. And you know what? I've got a, I've got a good friend right now. They told him he's got six months to go, and it looks like he might die this week. You know what's happening? The devil is trying to put fear and unbelief in your heart. You've got to learn, you've got to learn when you're going through things how to shut your physical ears off to protect your heart. Amen. And you've got, you've got to learn when you're going through things to do what I said. Go to a church like this that teaches the Word of God. I cannot tell you how many pictures, preachers I've known in the last 40-some years that you talk to them, you know, you get talking about healing and things like that. I say, well, well, Pastor, what did you teach on last week? I said, well, we've got a series on healing we're teaching. They say, you know what? Uh, I've got a sermon I preach on that once a year. I'm about ready to do my sermon again. Well, you know what? They're not teaching healing. They've got sermons. Well, we are, we are preaching what we live. You know, I heard it said this way one time. Jesus did not practice what he preached. 
He preached what he practiced. Now, when you're going to sit at a church where the people are preaching what they live, then you're going to see something. You're going to get something. It's going to help you. Amen? And so that's what you got to do. You've got to guard your spirit and watch what comes into your spirit. And so I want to show you some of the medicine that I took four years ago to receive healing from blood cancer and from that heart attack I had. You know, it was, the heart attack was just serious blood cancer when you got... 1% of the blood in your main artery working. I mean, man, 99% of my heart was blocked. But came right out of it with no damage. <laughs> Amen. No damage. After that, we ended up getting that farm out there, worked that farm every day for three years till we sold it and made a lot of money off of it. But no damage. You know why? What I did through that whole process of those things going on, I took my medicine every day. Every day I took my medicine. As I just want to show you just a little bit of it. Back up one chapter to Proverbs chapter 3 and look at verse 7 and 8. And what are we talking about? We're talking about God's word is God's medicine. And if you learn how to take the medicine, then there's nothing the devil can throw your way that you don't get healed from. Amen. And uh, so anyway, because the second time we have to kind of keep moving. But verse 7 says, Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It'll be health to your navel and moral to your bones. And you probably got different translations. But the center column says that the Hebrew on that is this, it shall be strength. It shall be healing to your body and strength and refreshment to your bones. Healing to your body, strength and refreshment to your bones. And I want to say this again so you get it. I'm taking it off God and I'm putting it on you. He said, to qualify for that, you fear the Lord and you depart from evil. If you fear the Lord, you're going to live right. If you fear the Lord, you're going to want to go to church. If you fear the Lord, you're going to live like a Christian when you're not in church. If you fear the Lord, you're not going to blow up at people all the time. If you fear the Lord and you're sitting in a service like this and you see something in the Bible... You'll say, uh-oh, I'm not going to be wise in my own eyes to keep doing that because I know so many people that know so much more about God than I do, or so they say. But they have no victory. They never receive anything. And so I'm not at all lifting myself up. You know, I just think about some of the people that I've met in life, religious people that are wise in their own eyes. Well, I'll tell you what. I never saw God do that for me or anybody else I know. That's not how he works. I say, well, we're talking to two different gods then. I know Jesus said, I came that they might have and enjoy life and abundance to the fold of the overflows. I know that Jesus said, I will come and heal him. I know that Jesus said, don't worry about your daughter. I'll raise her up. That's the Jesus I know. But I know people are wiser than their own eyes. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, that was then. God gave us doctors of medicine now. Well, they had doctors of medicine back then, too. But divine healing, Jesus brought to us. And so we have to know you cannot be wise in your own eyes. You've got to lay down everything you think you know, because <clears throat> if you get hit real bad with sickness, it's obviously there's a loose connection somewhere. Or if not, the devil snuck in. One way or another, something happened. If you can figure it out, what do you need God for? So he says, fear the Lord, depart from evil, and healing and medicine to your flesh comes from the word of God. But 
Now get this again one more time. That healing belongs to you, but to qualify, you've got to start living right. It says depart from evil. And so what, what could that mean? It could mean different flesh sins. It could mean spiritual sins. Where you're holding things in your heart against preachers, Christians, maybe even business people that did you wrong because the love of God forgives. There's things you're holding on to. If you're holding on to things, then you're blocking the healing power of God. Now, I want to show you a verse of the New Testament that's very similar to that. You've heard many times. 1 Peter 2.24. This is, this, this is so similar to Proverbs 3, verse 7 and 8. That's, well, Pastor, where, where are you getting these at? I'm getting them out of the medicine cabinet. They're in my medicine cabinet. Right here. Well, well, how, well, well I, I used this same medicine cabinet four years ago. I took this medicine that I'm showing you right now. And let me, let, let me tell you how to take it. Take this three times a day, with or without food. Take it for breakfast. Amen. Go ahead, Susan. Get them going. Get excited. <clears throat> Amen. Take this for breakfast. Take it at lunchtime. Take it at supper time. And then before you go to bed, go ahead and take an extra dose. <laughs> Amen. First Peter 2.24 is so similar to Proverbs 3, 7, and 8. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. I'll tell you what, every, every, every Christian that's a true born-again Christian, no matter what denomination they are, they believe that. They believe that Jesus took our sins in his body on the cross, that we've been dead to sins, that we died to sin when we received eternal life, the life of God, that our want to for sin and died in our spirit, but we still got the outsides got to straighten up. But we're dead to sin because Jesus took it. Then look at this. We're dead to sins, should live unto righteousness. Well, that what it is? You depart from evil? If you fear the Lord, you're born again, you should live right. Said we should live under righteousness. Amen. We are righteous on the inside, but he wants the outside to line up with the inside. Should live under righteousness, and then because of that, by whose stripes you were healed. Amen. Well, that's the same thing, departing from, departing from evil, fearing the Lord, and then that healing comes to your body. That's what he said right there. Live right. And so we don't earn, we don't earn anything from God. But he gave us the ability on the inside that we can live right. But then we've got a soul that our head's part of that has to make the choices. You know, it's, it's a choice to forgive. But you know what you do when you forgive? You're following Jesus. It's a choice to tithe when everything's screaming at you, you can't afford it. But you tithe from your heart. And you put action with it. And then you prove God, as he said, and you see things change your life. What I'm saying is this. You should live right. Christians living right is according to God's standard, not according to 21st uh, century goofballs. You know, uh, not going into politics, but all this stupid stuff that people tell you is right out there, well, it might be right in their sight, but not in God's. And so I'm going to choose every time to be a God-pleaser how I live. I'm going to live right if nobody else does. And I know the Bible is right. I'm going to live that way. You know why? I want to live long. He said, by whose stripes you were healed, I'm going to qualify. And I'm going to close with one more. This, this is one more pill. 
And if you're going through something, you need to take this one every day, probably at least a half a dozen times. Look at Mark chapter 16. And this, this, this is probably quoted in full gospel churches more than any other healing verse. Mark 16, verse 17 and 18. Mark 16, verse 17 and 18. And these signs shall follow them that believe. And I always got to point this out because maybe somebody hasn't heard this. This doesn't say these signs shall follow the apostles or preachers. These signs follow believers. If the apostle is a believer, they follow him, not because he's an apostle, because he's a believer. If these signs follow a preacher, it's not following them because they're a preacher, it's because they're a believer. And so there's a lot of believers and fewer preachers. And so he said this is for everybody. These signs follow them that believe in my name, Jesus said, in the name of Jesus. And I want to look down at the very last part of verse 18 because we're majoring on healing. It says, these signs, these signs follow believers in the name of Jesus. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Now here's how you take that medicine. You want to know how to take that medicine. You take it with faith, and here's how you take it. Once hands have been laid on you, you can lay hands on yourself because you're a believer. And the only God flows from your spirit through your hands. That's why I said guard your spirit because out of it flow the forces of life. That anointing comes up, and God's the one that chose the method to use hands. He didn't say lay your feet on somebody, lay your head on somebody. He said lay your hands on them. He said lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And so whenever I see that, I've always thought about the recovery room. What happens if you go to the hospital, have some kind of surgery, the next place they take you is called what room? Recovery room. Why is that? Because hopefully, with what they know, because they're just practicing, we're doing it for real. I'm serious. So hopefully, they did it right, and they took care of the problem where they cut it out, sewed it up, fixed it up, replaced it, wherever they did. Hopefully, they did it right. And so the problem's gone now, and now your body's got a recovery from what happened. Recovery room. Well, Jesus said, when you lay hands on the sick in the name of Jesus, then they're ready for the spiritual recovery room. And so if you at the hospital with somebody, or you're there, you went knocked all the way out, you talk, you say, well, how'd it go? Doctor said everything went well, I'm recovering now. Well, you might have pain for what just happened. But you got every confidence. They said they took care of it. I'm recovering now. I'm in the recovery room. You get hands laid on yours. How you take your medicine? Now listen to this closely. I proved this in my life, and hundreds, maybe thousands of times, the last 40 years, over people that we've taught and ministered to. Once you've had hands laid on you, because Jesus Christ, the Son of God, said when this takes place in His name, they recover because He's doing the healing then your whole talk begins to change like this. I'm getting better every day. Getting better every day. Oh, really? How do you know that? Well, if it's people you can't talk to right, just say, well, i got faith in God, and he's taking care of it. I'm getting better every day. But if it's believers, where you really talk right, say, man, I'll tell you what, according to Mark 16, I had hands laid on me in the name of Jesus, and Jesus Christ himself spoke to my heart. He did? Did you hear anything? Oh, no, I saw it. He wrote it. I heard it. He said, when hands are laid on me, I'm recovering. And so I'm getting better every day. Getting better every day. Getting better every day. And so I want to leave this with you. God's word is God's medicine. Out of all the things I said tonight, if you didn't get anything else, get this. 
start taking Mark 16, verse 17 and 18, several times a day, every day, and when you read it, every time you take it, you take it with faith by saying, I want to thank you, Jesus. I'm getting better every day. I've had hands laid on me. And you don't just act like that's your water, orange juice, whatever it is. Lord, I want to thank you. I'm recovering. I'm getting better every day. I've taken your medicine. I'm getting better every day, Jesus. Get better every day. And based upon the authority of the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, I can guarantee you, just like I came through stage four blood cancer, came through the serious heart stuff, you'll come through yours too, whatever it is, major or minor. And by the way, it works for kids' diarrhea too. And all this other goofy stuff that's hit all these kids lately. You get them healed. Just stick with the word. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. If the Lord ever wants to do healing school, I'd love to do it again. But it has to be that he wants it. It has to be people want to come. All right. Well, we're going to close out by worshiping, worshiping Jesus. And, uh, you know, I just want to say this. We just taught the word of God. Uh, how does faith come? Hearing what? What, what subject in the Bible did we just teach on? So is there healing faith in the atmosphere here now? There's faith in the atmosphere. And so if you need hands laid on you, if you need hands laid on you for healing and you're ready to receive, come up here. I want to lay hands on you. And when I do, just look at it like this. That little example I give you. Just look at it like this. My hands are like a hypodermic needle when you're coming to a doctor, Dr. Jesus. If my hand touches you, this is like a doctor gives you a shot. I've given you an injection of anointing from Jesus. And then once that takes place, then you begin to say, I had hands laid on me on Wednesday night, April the 20th. And when I did have hands laid on me, Jesus' healing power went into my body and I'm getting better every day. And then when you go to leave, the devil says in your head, I didn't feel nothing. So I don't have to feel anything. Jesus said it, so I know it's happening. Amen. So anyway, if you need hands laid on, you come up here, glad to pray for you. And if you want us to pray a prayer of agreement for some sick, sick person at home or something, he's healing, we'll pray for them. But amen, we'll get you healed. I will exalt yes, Jenny. Okay. you, Lord. I will exalt you, Lord. There is no like you, God, I will exalt you, Lord, I will exalt you, Lord, no other name be lifted Presence is all I need, it's all I want, all I seek, and without it, without it there's no meaning. Your presence is the air I breathe. The song I sing, 
the love I need and without it without it I'm not living I will exalt you Lord I will exalt you Lord there is no like you, God, I will exalt you, Lord, I will exalt you, Lord, no other name be lifted. Exalt you, Lord. I will exalt you, Lord. There is no one like you, God. I will exalt you, Lord. I will exalt you, Lord, no other name be lifted high. And there will be no one like you, and no one beside you, you alone are. Worthy of all praise There will be no one like you And no one beside you You alone are worthy of all be no one like you and no one beside you you alone are worthy of all praise I will exalt you Lord I will exalt you, Lord, there is no one like you, God. I will exalt you, Lord. I will exalt you, Lord. No other
receive the word of God tonight. Amen. Hey, you got to know that God's word is God's medicine. And I'll give you a little insider tip. Okay. If you go to youtube.com, that's on the internet. There is uh <laughs> you Google God's medicine, that exact phrase that the title was tonight. You'll pull up a video that I Pastor Katie and I listen to nearly every night for 10 years, and it's Brother Kenneth Hagen reading healing scriptures nonstop for about an hour and a half. And uh, every night I listen to that, I, I go to sleep really quick. Now, my body is asleep, but my spirit is wide awake, and the Word of God is just going in all night long. It's God's medicine, and it is awesome. So YouTube, go to God's medicine, Kenneth Hagen. It'll rock your socks, brother. It's good stuff. Amen? All right. Well, let's close out here. want to remind you, married couples, go ahead and uh, register for the Marriage Refresh Weekend. Uh, I know we got to talk to our caterers in a couple days here, I think, and give them a count. So if you could do that for us, that would be great, and we can get things together. Amen. All right. Well, let's go ahead and close out in prayer and speak some words of faith over Barstow tonight. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for what we've seen in the word tonight. And we know that your word is a medicine, Lord, to all our flesh. And so we declare healing over everybody in here tonight that wants to receive it, Lord. And we thank you, Jesus, that we walk in healing and health and our families are healthy, Lord. And you're just doing a great work amongst us. We love you. We trust you. You are good all the time, Jesus. Help us to share that goodness. Help us to share that gospel with this community and everywhere we go this week. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, can somebody say amen? Amen. All right, let's do this together. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. 
Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great night, everybody.